Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Um, it's good to see everybody. Uh, it's, it's awesome to see all these costumes. I kind of think that would be really fun, um, but not necessarily every week. Uh, it's really good to see everybody. Um, so this morning, as we get, to, as we get going, we're, I'm going to be talking through um, a book of the Bible. Now, when they asked me to preach a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be Halloween. This will be, be really cool. I could, like, come up with, like, a fun thing, and maybe I could even wear a costume on stage. Like, I've always wanted to do that. Like, and I'm like, man, this would be great. And God said, No. Um, you're not wearing a costume on stage. And I'm like, no, it'll be cool. It'll be. So he gave me a book of the Bible that he wanted me to share with you guys. And he wanted me to walk through it a little bit and see what it challenges us to do in our lives today. And as I was reading through this, I'm like, man, this, this isn't nearly as much fun as wearing a costume on stage, God. Like, can I, how about I just do a little bit of study and we'll see what I come up with? And he said, no. So um, today we're going to be studying through a book of the Bible. Um, and if you are in my personal adult life group, I'm sorry, some of this is probably going to sound a little bit familiar, because you see at the beginning of our um, life group semester, we got together and we um, decided as a group, we were going to study through a book of the Bible, take it slow, um, dig into it, and really see what God has for us um, through this book. Um, And so that's what we did, and then that is the book that immediately, as soon as um, I was asked to preach this morning, God laid that on my heart and said, you need to teach on this. And it, it, admittedly, I'm sorry, it wasn't nearly as much fun as me wearing a costume up here, but I do think it's a lot more challenging to our lives today. And it's a lot more um, what we need to hear today. And it's been working on me and in my heart, and I know um, through our life group it's been doing that as well. Um, so I'm excited today. Today, um, I also, when I, when I tell you the book of the Bible, I don't want you guys, um, if you've read it, to just be like, oh, that's, that's not going to be fun. Um, and, and, and tune out on me, because there is so much truth in this. And I, I know I shouldn't have been surprised by that, um, you know, finding truth in the Word of God, but um, there's just so much good stuff in this book, and I know at face value, it does um, come across a little depressing, but I personally have, um, have not found it nearly as depressing as I first thought I would. Um, the book of the Bible that we're going to be walking through today, or at least mostly um, this book is the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, so we'll be starting in um, chapter one. So if you do want to turn there, you can. You have plenty of time to get there. Um, and like I said, I do think this book has a lot of stuff for us to learn in it and challenging us in the way that we live our life and how we are living our lives. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And I'm excited to get back to life group next week and see um, what my um, our life group thinks and let them tear apart my message. So that'll be good. Um, but we're going to be walking through this today. But as we, before we get doing that, I, I personally, I want to I wanna pray real quick before we get into the word. That way I can make sure I'm, I'm focused on the right things. So if you guys would just bow your heads with me real quick. Lord God, I just thank you um, for this opportunity that you have um, let me get up here and to be able to teach your word, Lord. Lord God, I just ask that you are speaking through me, that these are not my words, but they're words that you have placed in my heart to be able to share this morning, God. And Lord, I do pray that, um, that we, we don't just hear these words, that we, we apply these words to our lives, that we go from here and out into our homes and out into our communities and we evaluate our lives and we apply them, Lord. I pray all this in your name. Amen.
So first, we're going to start off, like I said, Ecclesiastes 1. We're going to be starting at the beginning and walking through this a little bit and seeing what God has for us in this today. So if you'll turn your uh, books or your Bibles, turn them on or whatever you need to do. Ecclesiastes 1.1, it says, The word of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. One of the things I liked about this book is, is, it, is it tells us right away who's talking to us. And it allows us to know um, where, the next, where the rest of these words are going to be coming from and who's, who's talking. So we see it is um, the word of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. And if we turn to Second Chronicles, we know that this is um, Solomon, who is possibly one of the wisest men who have ever lived or have lived since. And we can see that in Second Chronicles 1.7, it says, and this takes place after um, David's kind of turned over the reins to his son, and he's getting ready to take the throne. And God says to him, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want of me, want, want me to give you. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And in that, um, it surprises me what he asked for. I'm going to look at that here in just a second. I personally, I don't know what I would have asked for. I mean, that's crazy. It says, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. What would you ask for? If God showed up to you and said, ask me. Ask me for whatever you want me to give you. Where would you go? What would you ask for? Well, we see Solomon ask for something very unique. In verse 10 it says, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. And then in verse 10 it says, Therefore wisdom, and this is after God's, God's grandum, God's talked about, how he didn't ask for other stuff. It says, therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who, has, who, has, uh, who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. Hi. So we see right there that this is, this is, king, this is king Solomon. It's not... Um, just some disgruntled writings from somebody who, who had a bad day and decided to put down what they thought about life in a book. <clears throat> this is somebody who is approaching life with wisdom in a way, wisdom and knowledge in a way that none of us probably can even imagine. God gave him wisdom and knowledge. And he went on to give him many more things as well. And I love that look back. I love to take that look back and see where this is coming from. Like I said, it's not just some guy who, you know, had a bad day. I think we've all had those bad days where we get home and we're like, you know what? Life sucks. This isn't fun. No, this is not that type of writing. It's a writing from somebody who is, who is approaching it with wisdom, approaching it with thought. As he gets ready to to just share what he has for us, we know and we can, we can have faith in the fact that he is wise. God set him up to be one of the wisest men on earth. Now, I know Solomon did make mistakes throughout his life. I know he, he didn't do everything that I would consider wise. At some point, it said he had 700 wives. I don't know that, I personally don't know that that was probably the wisest thing. 
Um, my wife keeps me on my toes, and, and there is no way. So I, I personally don't think that was the wisest, but we're not going to judge him um, too harshly on that because I still think God gave him some wisdom above and beyond what the rest of us probably um, have realized. So then we step into the book. We, go, we get into Ecclesiastes. Now, the first part of this book, um, admittedly, I have, admittedly, like before this, before studying with our life group, this wasn't a book that I had personally spent a lot of time on. Um, and I was, that's why I was excited when our life group was like, hey, let's, let's read through this. I don't know what we were thinking, but we're like, hey, yeah, let's, let's read through Ecclesiastes. And it, it's been good. And I was excited, but this is, admittedly, I, I hadn't really studied this book a lot. I'd, I'd started reading it several times. Um, and I would get a little ways into it, and I'm like, ooh, this, this book's not nearly as much fun to read as uh, some of the other books. Let's, let's go back to some of those. And, um, you know, just admittedly, I, I didn't give this book the attention that it deserved. I mean, it's in the Bible for a reason. It is the Word of God. He has given it to us. So as we continue forward, we find in verse 2, and this kind of sets up the... Uh, most of the theme throughout this, throughout this book, Ecclesiastes 1, 2, it says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Like I said, that right there becomes the theme. And I, I, I get to that part a lot of times in, in the reading, and I know that's only verse 2, but I get to that point and I'm like, oh man, this, is, this isn't going to be a fun read. I'm not going to enjoy this reading through this book of the Bible. And it's not usually too far after that I turn to another book of the Bible to study. <clears throat> but through doing this with our life group and even studying for this, I've really gotten to learn and see that there's so much more here than that. So we're going to continue to walk through this. And we're going we're to look at what he is trying to tell us through this book this morning. So as we continue forward... We look in Ecclesiastes 1, 3 through 4. It says, What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. He starts talking about the things that we do, the things that we strive for, the things that we toil after, the things that we work on. And he starts talking about that, and, and, and we see that these things... Don't remain forever. Generations come and generations go. The things that we work on, the things that we do, if we're not doing those for the right reasons, it doesn't matter. And that's part of the, part of the thing that started to, to challenge me in my life. Are the things I'm doing glorifying God? And you're going to hear that a lot this morning. Are the, are the actions I'm taking, are the things I'm toiling at, are the things I'm pursuing, are they for an earthly purpose that ends up being meaningless? Or are they for an eternal purpose, a purpose of pursuing God, allowing God to direct our lives through what we are doing? And we see that throughout. We think to ourselves, as we are toiling, as we are working on, am I glorifying God in this? Am I pursuing God? As we continue on, we hit verse 9 and 10 in chapter 1. It says, What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, 
This is something new. It was here long ago. It was here before the time. Now, many times we try to find things to fulfill our lives. We find things to fill our lives, fill our time. And we're like, let's come up with a new idea. And, and I'm not necessarily speaking to just you guys, but we see this in the culture around us. We, 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 we try to pursue things, the new things, and this and that, but we realize that God's seen it all. God's done it all. It's going to come back around again. As humans, we tend to, tend to work in cycles. Now, with that, and that, this is just a little bit of fun. Now, I know a lot of you guys um, have noticed things that come around, and you're like, man, that was, I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Now, I'm going to show you a few images because this, this drives home, and it made me think about the things that, like, yeah, what is, what is new? Glorifying God is the main purpose. But sometimes we strive after these things that we think are new, but then they're, they're not. Now, these things admittedly are a little bit fun, but I want you to understand these things are stuff that you can go on Amazon and buy right now. I'm not pulling pictures from the past, and by me, I, my wife found these pictures. Um, so if we can look through these... Um, they're crazy. There's stuff. Now, admittedly, some of you guys probably didn't have these as a kid. You can scroll through those pictures um, a little bit there. So how many of you guys have seen these hats around? You can buy these. Yeah, a lot of the younger kids. Yeah, because they're the ones buying them. Um, docks. Uh, these things are huge. They were big back in, like, the 90s when I was younger. Um, I know some of you guys are like, man, those were, like, a lot farther back than the 90s, but that's when I remember them. Um, that picture did not turn out good. It was a board game. Um, it, but you guys know what it is. It's come back. It's exciting. Now, this look, I cannot say, is one of my favorite looks, but unfortunately, it is on a return. Um, it's kind of come back. Now, this, this next thing, this right here, um, now, that's the girl version. I had the guy version when I was a kid, and I thought I was the coolest person ever because I had the actual a Tamagotchi. How many of you guys know what those are? Yeah, some more, more, more of my generation. That's okay. Um, and then this next thing, I've seen these coats. I, I do not like them. Yep, a lot of you guys are laughing because you know what they are, and they are back. Now, this next one, I want you guys to realize, before we go to this next one, for one, if you have this, I apologize. I don't mean to offend you. Um, now, over at the beginning of the week, I had the opportunity to take a student down to BBC for a college days. And it was a really good time to get away, but it was also very revealing of some fashion style that has come back um, that probably, in my opinion, did not need to come back. And I'm sure some of you guys sitting in this room had this. Um, so you go ahead and show this picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know there's some of you guys out there that had this hairstyle, and that's okay. God forgives. Um, <laughs> But this is, this is very, this is coming back. Um, so that, that's just, I, I just love the idea of those because um, as we're looking at our life and we're pursuing things, we might think it's something new and exciting. Or we might think it's, but the thing is, God has seen it. Odds are, it's, you're just repeating something that's happened in the past. But are you pursuing things? Are you coming up with things just to come up with things? Are you wearing a style just to wear a style? Are you cutting your hair just to be like the people around you? If so, it's meaningless. Or are you pursuing God in the things that you choose to go after? Are you allowing God to guide your life? We get down... And we kind of step into chapter two here. 
and we continue forward. It says, chapter 2, verse 3. It says, I tried cheering myself up with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guided me with wisdom, and I wanted to see what was good for people to, under, for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. We know that our time here is limited. And he took this time, the, the teacher took this time to, to pursue those things that the, the people around him did. It says, he says, I tried cheering myself up with wine embracing. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good. How often do we see this in the, in the world around us? Or maybe in your life. You're filling your time with meaningless things. You're pursuing meaningless things. Think about it. What are you doing in your life? What are the things that you are pursuing? Are they glorifying God? Are people able to see God through you with the things that you choose to pursue? Or do they not matter? We see this, and as he goes through this next little bit, we see a lot of I statements. If you're reading through the book, I'm not going to read every single verse, but if you're reading through the book, he says, I did this, I did this, I pursued this, I made this happen. How often do we try to take control of our life and pursue our things on our own power? And you're like, I made that career work for me. I bought that house. I did this. I did this. I'm pursuing this. How often do we find ourselves doing that? I see that all the time in the world around us. People taking credit for things that they did underneath their own power. But where does it all end up? They're only here for a small time, and then it's forgotten. So think about that. The things that you're pursuing, the things that you're doing, are you doing it for I? Are you doing it under your own power? Or are you allowing God to guide you through that, allowing God and pursuing God through the things that you are doing and allowing him to guide your life, allowing him to take control. Ecclesiastes 2.10 says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor and this was the reward for my toil. I see this so often in the people and in the world and in our society today. I denied myself nothing. We see that a lot today. You turn on the news, it's full of people that are, who are not denying themselves anything. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. And he goes on. But you think about that. We see that in the world around us, and we can point it out in the world around us, of people just pursuing their own things, pursuing things for their own gain, whether it's godly or not. But let's be honest, as Christians, we fall into that too sometimes. We pursue things. We, we don't deny our things. We put things um, on a pedestal above, you know, worshiping God, pursuing God. So what are those things in your life? We're all human, we're all sinners, we all have them. So think about it. What are those things that you are not denying yourself? What are those things that you aren't allowing God to work with you in? 
And then we get down to verse 11 in chapter 2. It says, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. And as we continue through chapter 2, we see how everything we do under our own power is like chasing after the wind. I don't know about you guys, but I've never been able to catch the wind. I'm not fast enough. Um, But the things that we do underneath our own power, with our self in mind, without that eternal, without that God pursuit, it ends up being meaningless. It all fades away in the end. This is a, this is a part that's really challenged me, and I, I, I hope as we continue forward, it's going to challenge you as well, is, is what am I doing with my life? Am I doing what God's called me to do? Am I um, using those gifts that God has given us? Like Miss Dolly talked about, how we're all individual, and we all have gifts that, that help the body of Christ. Am I using those things to glorify God, or am I using those things to glorify myself? Am I putting those things, the, the things of my life, um, on a pedestal and pursue those things above God? Or am I, I allowing God to guide me in my life and show me where God wants me to go? That's what's challenged me, to look at my life and say, God, guide me. Is this the direction you want me to go? How do I glorify you in this situation? How do I pursue you in this situation? How is somebody going to be able to, to, to see God through me in this situation, whether it be work, family, going to Walmart? Or is what I am doing, what I am pursuing, what I'm putting above God just meaningless? Will it fade away? When we, do, when we don't have God as the center of what we are doing, everything we do is meaningless in the end. It will all pass away in a few generations, and no one will remember. Now, I know up to this point, this book is not very uplifting. It's a little bit depressing. It's like, well, what am I doing? Is what I'm doing meaningless? Where do I go from here? When we don't have God as the center of what we are doing, Everything we do is meaningless in the end. It'll fade away. So we get to this point, and, and I'll be honest, at this point when, we, when we're kind of studying through these, these books, I'm like, man, there's, there's, where's the hope in this? Where does this mean? But as I've, as I've said throughout, like, there isn't much hope unless you are pursuing God in this, unless you are guiding your lives. That's why I want to challenge you to look at your life. What are you doing that is meaningless? And then we can adjust it to make sure that we are pursuing God. That we don't continue down that meaningless path that will pass away. And then we get to chapter 3. And in chapter 3, we start to see a ray of hope in, this, in, the, in these writings and what he's saying, what the teacher is trying to tell us. Chapter 3, thir- um, verse, uh, chapter three uh, verse 11 through 14 says, <clears throat> He made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people to do than be happy and do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toils. This is the gift from God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it 
Nothing can be taken from it. God does so that people will fear him. I like that verse 14. It says, I know that everything God does will endure forever. That's why it's so important to allow God to drive our lives. But he says, he has set eternity into the hearts of the human, into the hearts of us. You see, in the end, I don't think God necessarily wants us to be miserable and meaningless all our lives. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so we can have eternal life through him. But is what we're doing meaningless? Or are we pursuing God through what we're doing? Are we allowing God to guide us in those things that he sets in our heart? Or is it like Solomon said, I, 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 I did this, I did this, this was me. I did this under my own power. So that's the challenge. Look at your life. What areas of your life do you need to surrender back to God and say, God, guide me in this? I want to follow you in this. I'm not going to control this aspect of my life anymore. It's going to be you, Lord. What are those areas? Are we pursuing God? Are we allowing God to pursue, uh, to show us where to go? To pursue things that have eternal benefits, not stuff that's going to pass away in the wind? we have a personal relationship with God, things change. We have hope in God. But it starts with that personal relationship with God because then we know that we have that eternity set into our heart. We can have eternity with God if we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And if we we have accepted God as our Lord and Savior, guess what? We do have work to do. God has given us a job to do. We see that in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. I know it's a verse we've read a lot and a lot of us know it. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the ages. When we make this our mission in all we do, then we're going to see eternal benefits in what we're doing we make this our mission to share the gospel, to share truth in what we are doing and what we are pursuing, no matter what job we have, no matter if, if you know, you're a truck driver, you're a factory worker, doesn't matter, you're a school teacher, if we are doing what God has set us to do and doing what God has called us to do, then those things are going to have eternal benefits if we're allowing God to guide our lives through that. So what areas of your life do you need to change? What areas of your life do you need to um, relinquish back to God and say, God, guide me. I don't want my life to be meaningless. I want to be guided by you, Lord. Are you doing those things? Are you allowing God to guide you? As we continue um, through the book of Ecclesiastes, we see Solomon, in his wisdom, come to many other conclusions, such as seeking advancement just for the sake of advancement, seeking wealth just for the sake of wealth, seeking power just for the sake of power. It's meaningless. If you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, then it's meaningless. Or are you allowing God to guide you in that?
when we don't do it out of the glory, if we, when we don't do those things, when we're pursuing things without the glory of God in mind, then it's going to pass away in the wind. We get to chapter 9, as we see Solomon put together, he, as we jump ahead to like chapter 9, we start to see Solomon put together and kind of start to bring in everything that he's been talking about throughout the book. And we start to see where, it, where he's coming from. It says, chapter 9, 1 and 2, it says, So I reflected on all and have concluded that righteousness, that righteousness and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no one knows no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad. Our common destiny is that one day we will face judgment. That is our common destiny. Each and everybody sitting in here, we will face judgment one day. When we face that judgment, we look back on our life, are we going to see that our life was meaningless? Or are we going to see that it was full of purpose and glorifying God in what we did? And that's the challenge that I've challenged myself, and that's the challenge I want to leave for you as well. It's like, are you living a life that is meaningless, or is it full of things that have eternal benefits, allowing God to guide and pursuing God throughout your life? As we get ready to leave here this morning, I want to read through the last thing that, that uh, Solomon wrote. The last thing that um, the teacher tells us in this book, it's Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. It says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed and judgment into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So there is the conclusion, the fact of the matter. Fear God and keep his commands. Are you listening to God? Are you allowing God to guide your life? Are you doing what it says in Matthew 28? Are you going and telling? Are you allowing your life to be a witness for God? Or is what you're doing meaningless? Does it have eternal benefits? So as we get ready to close, my first question to you would be this. Starting out, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because like I said, and like the scripture says, we're all going to end up in the same place. We're all going to face judgment. The good, the bad, the wise, the unwise. Do you have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to know that your eternity is secure in God? Or are you still living a life of meaningless without God? If you find that that's you here today and you're not sure... Or the answer is just plain no. I don't think I have accepted him. I would love to pray with you today. And I know that we have some other men and deacons in here this morning that would love to pray with you as well, and ladies. 
the last thing we would want is for you to leave this building here today and not have that assurance of eternal life through Christ Jesus. But if you are sitting in here today and you say, yes, I have accepted that gift of Jesus. I have accepted that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Then my challenge for you is this. Evaluate your life. Look at those things in your life. Look at what you're doing. Look at what you're pursuing. Are you doing it for personal gain? Is your life on a road? Are you doing things that are meaningless? Or are you allowing God to guide your life? To show you where to go? Doing what God's called you to do? When we do what God's called us to do, and we listen to what he has called us to do, our life is not meaningless. We have that eternal benefit of being able to spend eternity with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in heaven. Our life won't be meaningless if we're allowing God to guide the aspects of our life. So look at those areas of your life. Maybe it's not your whole life. Maybe it's not everything you're doing. But maybe there's some things in your life that you can say, yeah, I need to adjust that. And that's the challenge. Look at those things that you need to adjust and allow God to take control of them. Am I doing what God's called me to do? Are you making disciples that make disciples? That's what God's called us to do. Guys, I want to pray for you today, and we'll close with that. So if you guys would bow your heads, Lord God. Thank you for this this opportunity to be able to um, teach your word, Lord. Lord God, as we evaluate our lives this morning, I just pray that we're able to um, identify those areas in our life that are meaningless, that are without you, that we have taken control of and not given it to you, Lord. Lord God, I just ask that we evaluate our lives honestly and, and maybe clear out portions of our life that don't glorify you, that don't benefit you, and that don't have that eternal benefit, Lord. And give us the courage to do that. Lord God, if there's anybody in here today that doesn't know you as your personal Lord and Savior, I just ask that you burden their heart, Lord, for you. That they would see you and pursue you. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity that we've had to gather together and hear your word. Lord God, I just ask that you continue to challenge us. Continue to challenge us to to think about what we are doing and why we are doing to do the things that you have called us to do, Lord. To make disciples that make disciples, God. Lord God, I pray all of this in your name.